Welcome to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and her panel of guests bring you leading-edge astrology conversations through a journey of soul growth patterns connecting astrology's energetic cycles. Get ready to understand your path in the cosmic roots of the stars. Tuning in to Leading Edge Conversations, Awakening Your Authentic Self with us. And it is March 13th. Every time I say March, I think May, but it is March and it's daylight savings time and most everywhere except here in Hawaii and Arizona. So again, the calendars shift in some manner. And most excitingly, we're beginning a new panel. There's a next week will be the start of the fifth season. We've been, this is the concluding of the fourth, four years, most incredible. And it's shifted. We now have these panels. We had cosmic collaborations, but instead we're going to have kaleidoscope visions. And it's a little bit of a tweak in a sense. And you'll hear what that is. We'll be involving things and growing, but the world's changing just like in one way, even though it's, Daylight savings time, as everybody is somewhat familiar with, the kaleidoscope of life begins to move about and how to adjust. And it requires new ways of thinking and feeling and sensing. And that's really what we're going to do today. And so with that said, it's time for Kaleidoscope Visions. Joining together to understand cosmic conscious energies, engaging soul growth transitions, illuminated through mythology and other cosmic languages, this is your Kaleidoscope Visions panel. I'm Sue Rose Minahan, host of Talk Cosmos, an evolutionary astrologer and consultant, plus a certified color energy coach. I explore creative expression as an artist, a musician, and write abundantly stories to poetry. I love investigating mythology's language, philosophizing eternity, and I'm a perpetual student of life, seeing oneness of body, spirit of people, animals, and nature. I'm Amanda Pierce, a soul-centered astrologer, astrological consultant, and empowerment-based meditation teacher. I have a BA in psychology, I'm a wellness enthusiast with a passion for healthy eating, and I enjoy creating new realities and shifting old paradigms. I'm Julie Anglin, an intuitive healer and meditation teacher, combining my lifelong study of astrology in one-to-one intuitive and astrology consultations. I'm a clairvoyant reader and healer, have worked as a creative business owner in finance and in publishing. I also facilitate an online women's meetup group. And I'm John Shinworth an astrologer whose evolutionary, traditional, and mythological techniques enhance my unique consultations. In honor of sacred space, I encourage dialogue and mindfulness while we explore your birth chart together. I also hold a diploma from the International Academy of Astrology. When I'm not studying the cosmos, I enjoy penning poems, watching movies, or going on Washington State road trip adventures. And like the Sufi poet Rumi says, You are the entire ocean in a drop. Oh, indeed we are. And it is the month of Pisces, isn't it? That archetypal moment. Hello and thank you. It's so great to have this renewed 
start just like Pisces. We've got seeds here to grow on. And just to mention what our title would be for our audience and ourselves, working with the changing tides. And of course, that involves transiting energies that really happen to be in the fourth quadrant. That's Capricorn, Aquarius, and Pisces. You know, it's that structure and networking and oneness. So here we go. <laughs> Hello. Anybody have a thought they want to suggest? Our spokesperson, Amanda, speak. <laughs> 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 don't hold please we got to move well uh, yeah um i guess just as i was reviewing the the uh the upcoming energies for the month one of the the pieces does involve pisces and, and it's the uh neptune in pisces is trining the south node and it's doing that for about a month starting around march 16th until mid-april and so this I feel like this is a very significant energy because the nodes themselves, it's its where we've been, the South Node, and where we're going, the North Node. And they're in that fixed energy of Taurus and Scorpio, Taurus at the North, Scorpio at the South. And so the Neptune trining uh, the South Node, it's like about dissolving those kind of crystallized or hardened emotional energies that we have. And so this is a big opportunity um, over the next month to kind of just let go of some of the old baggage and the old hurt that we may have and let go of um, some of the survival patterns that that we've had, that we've been holding on to that just aren't serving us anymore. That is so true. Now, I was going to try to get the, the slides up, but I'm just, oh boy, I'm challenged. Thank you. And again, isn't that part of it? Challenged with Pluto, but we're working through this. Okay. Yeah, so it's we're we're just flowing with the tides, right? That's it. Thank you. Thank you. I have to kind of yes, remember. Because just as of today, this is our energy, just as of today. And so we are collectively between the four of us to connect here and with our audience. We're going to kind of move backwards and forwards like the tides. We might go back a week, a year, and then kind of as it connects. And up with, but this is today. This is right now as we speak um, in Seattle because that's where you guys are predominantly. Truly speak. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Yeah, well, and just look at all that beautiful Pisces energy. We've got the sun, we've got Neptune. I mean, sun and Neptune are conjunct right now. There's a lot of um, potential to really be in the flow with things and just kind of let the, the tides take you where where they can and kind of be in the flow of of creativity and trusting into your source connection and then and we it, have the midheaven and jupiter and mercury right. as well in Pisces. Well, is very oh john i think your papers are beginning to be like the ocean tides against the rocks <laughs> we can yeah that's all right just just to bring awareness um it's really true as i keep thinking about this flow what am i telling myself because it's a matter of that, you know, we have reconditioning energies constantly. And if we need, want a heart found felt, I mean, right now we have these energies, the lovers, as we call them, are receptive and our direction, 
Venus and Mars, you know, they're being held together since February, going all the way into deep March here closely. It's like, what's that story? So as today, for instance, I'm feeling that surge of water coming over, like, where am I? What am I doing? But regardless, am I, is it okay? <laughs> I, I like how this emphasis in water really allows us to be carried to new things, to new ways of realizing what it is we need to move to. And with Venus and Mars in a fixed sign, I think it's really helpful to have Pisces energy because it's allowing um, some maybe patterns that have stuck in place to find a little airspace and to have some mental perspective that might have been too calcified before, before the Piscean flow of energy that we're in. It is a tangle between, yes, that that air sign and the water coming up and we just left the earth. John, not to, I mean, I don't need to call on, but I, I know you've got something. Well, Mars and Venus traditionally, they're mythologically there, didn't have the world's greatest relationship. So <laughs> I always think of these two planets as constantly having to work it out. So whatever signs they're going through, they're having to work it out. So the shift from... Aquarius and fixity and uh, my this is my idea, not yours. This is where I stand. Now it moves into flowing. And maybe that's a way we can lead our lives with the people closest to us, allow a little bit more flow, right? Mm, and also good. with, I noted uh, the moon shrine, the sun right now, uh, conscious versus unconscious, wants versus needs, and a little bit of illuminating uh, past or histories coming out. So giving room for that. The stories, you mean the old stories, trying to let them... Or, or personal histories maybe need to be talked about or need to come out and be discussed or something, I was thinking. Yeah, that that hidden sense. Do you, Should we go backwards or forwards or something? Should we go... Let's go back to um, uh, this one. This was just a week ago. And this is when Mars and Venus, and we say it's it's been told me... I like this very much from Gemini Brett, who looks at the sky, the storyteller uh, story that put the faster in front of the, the uh, slower planet, grammatically speaking. But in this case, Mars was approaching Venus. And so I put Mars first, a little bit of thought there. But look at this. We, we're coming out of this time where yeah, the energies are just intensifying what's there. Like, what do we have to make with in this recipe of life, it seems? And, and that really connoted, I mean, it registered back to even a year before when, if I if I get the next slide up, the grand conjunction, because they were both, that's going back before COVID, I think. No, it was during COVID. That's right. After a while, it's like, when did it begin and stuff? But that was during the middle of COVID, just starting. When we left for 200 years, this earth form thinking as a as a, a overall uh, give growth and expansion and contraction energy that Saturn and Jupiter present or Jupiter and Saturn. And so now here again, we have the intimate, our personal planets, 
going back to, uh, I hope that's not too much, but going to these personal planets that are just passing transformation uh, Pluto. So yes, I, I think the elements, I don't mean to keep going on. Go, you yeah. So, it, so Mars and Venus, they just passed, they just conjuncted with, with uh, Pluto last month. And so there's a renewed sense of of where we are there's like a, a rising from the ashes like the phoenix rising for both of these both mm -hmm. our our essential needs venus and our essential desires mars and so moving into this fresh new energy of aquarius and just uh, the ability to kind of have a new take on things aquarius is great for that for stepping into a new fresh perspective yeah well, and in Aquarius, it just makes me think about how best to work together. Venus brings the value issues and Mars brings the energy and initiative and working together in more communal sense or a community sense is really key right now. And I love how it harkens back to that uh, social Saturn-Jupiter conjunction. So it's really, well, what can we do as individuals to make that conjunction more alive in present time. Yes, because it means that, oh, I was just thinking if I can get quick, that we've actually created something in that length of time. Yeah. Oh, what I noticed in these charts, uh, Pallas Athena, a little asteroid on the bottom is next to Chiron, and they're even closer now. And I'm think I've going through my head a myth with Athena and Chiron. I can't think of one that exists, but the two energies, like Chiron's uh, reconciliation and restoration, right, and Pallas's uh, strategy and wisdom. So putting those two things together, strategizing a plan to reconcile things. We so it's have... a very practical energy, mm -hmm. right? I think that's very useful yeah. right now. And let's uh, to tell people where they are. They're at the bottom of the chart in Aries. So it's that right. little K, like a key, and then next to it, like a little triangle: Pallas, Athena, and Chiron, the centaur and the and the um, asteroid goddess. Yes, that is so and healing Aries, and strategy. In Aries, moving forward with it, like okay, we'll just yeah. do this right now, kind of energy. Yeah, and and that's very supported by that Mars Venus conjunction with the Aries planetary placement mm -hmm. of those two. Right. It can only help. It, it, it does, isn't? And that in itself, like they say, the three fates: hope, uh, uh, faith, and charity, which is love. You know, hope is important. In fact, I think that's at the bottom of Pandora's box. Pandora, who, <laughs> wherever she was in the mythology, she opens up the box that oh, I'm supposed to do that, and out come all these oh, not the good things in life. But at the bottom was hope. It was like, oh, well, I guess the light at the end of the tunnel is there's a possibility. <laughs> we can alchemize something. So that's what we're doing. We're alchemizing with the tides, aren't we? All this Pisces that's relentless because that sun. Okay, let's go forward and speak. Yeah. Go ahead, somebody. <laughs> Don't have to wait for me. Yeah, just because we've got airtime here. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, just... Um, Okay, the full moon. Maybe that'll. Well, yeah. So I'll say something. The so the full moon is the moon is in Virgo and sun is in Pisces, and of course the sun is conjunct Neptune as well. So very strong Piscean energies with this. 
And Virgo is all about kind of caring for yourself and, and moon and Virgo, taking care of yourself, being nurturing and, and doing the, the kind of real practical things that are, are good for you. And one thing to note is that Virgo can be um, very self-critical. And so just kind of allowing yourself to just go with it. Everybody's got issues and there's no need to criticize yourself and just handing that kind of over to the universe and taking in that kind of doing it in a Piscean way, just letting it go and, and allowing yourself to kind of flow with it so that the, you can be more present and caring with yourself. Yeah, the gift of the Virgo perhaps, full moon. Mm-hmm. Perhaps there's a lot of let go, let God kind of energy uh, with the sun, Neptune, and just having to release, right, into letting a higher wisdom help or guide. Seems it's very a, strong yeah, to but me, I really, right? Yeah, I really think that that's very accurate because we still haven't addressed kind of the uh, – cultural grief level that needs to be released from COVID from losing Mm -hmm. hundreds of thousands of people. And the other thing is that we have this thing happening in Europe that is ringing bells for a lot of people who have kind of a genetic inheritance of trauma. So the, that opposition could really help bring these things up and out into awareness by seeing uh, things right in front of you, that oppositional energy is maybe going to be helpful in a healing this, this cycle. There is fatigue. Absolutely. We'd be remiss if we weren't to really identify with every rose often comes the thorns. And in this sense, you know, what kind of gloves can we hold or how can we nurture this, 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 really grief that because Pisces is also the boundaries have been removed and we are in empathy with empathy for others and compassion, which is a natural and beautiful uh, gift, but it does mean how do I care for myself and how can I help these other people? And and with Pisces, there can often be a lot of anxiety. It's a very, ungrounded sign and it and like you're saying sue it's very porous so we're all feeling the collective angst and anxiety and so just making sure that you do some grounding practices the the virgo moon and um the moon in virgo i mean is is great for you know just really grounding yourself and making sure that you're present with yourself and, and and also, I really liked what Julie said about um, kind of allowing yourself to be carried. I think that's so important, like not doing everything on your own, just kind of giving it up to the universe. So there's so many themes about that in this up- upcoming month. It We're developing it now. And I, I think this partnership is all what it's about. It's like, who are we? To th- we have to clean up our act. That is what, when one reads about the... Every year we get the same cycle. We get a full moon in Pisces, which just happened earlier this month on the 1st. And then we get this full, that was a new moon where the seed begins. And then we get the full moon just in the opposite, which in this case, it's a fix up. It's like clean it, fix it. So what in our psyche, what in this whole systematic experience isn't working? And really it gets down to the fact that we, there is this, you know, egotistical thinking 
ego is great. It, it helps us drive. It helps me get the slide together and all that stuff. But it doesn't need to be who's most important and what is happening here. It is a partnership with this unseen spiritual world that brings everything to focus. Yeah. Which makes There's me an, think an about... Combination the, of, oh, go ahead. Sorry, sorry go I ahead. Just a brief, a brief interjection based on what Sue was just saying. It makes me think about the significance of prayer and meditation because I mean, both of which are essentially the same thing, I, I believe and how powerful that is just going inward to that inner self keeping self caring place. Mm-hmm. It reverberates out to everything. When you go there, you have um, Mars conjunct Vesta. I can't see the numbers very well, but they look very close. So Vesta being sacred and Mars being action, t- action taking sacred actions right now. Yeah, and, th- and that's a right. combination of God and goddess because when would Vesta and yeah. Mars ever meet? That's really interesting. That's well, great. in a yeah. sense, they do because back in the Vestals, in the very beginning, it was war that actually created a lot of the in the mythology with the Vestal virgins because virgin maiden, and it was this honoring the flame, our hearth, which is what is our temple here inside. As one begins to analogize all these concepts, and it, war actually is a very a, not just aggression, but what it does to the soul. It's very painful. We need to make, it's not that it's we, not without eliminate, without putting in value, right, wrong. It's just how to heal that rupture because we are like, there is this part of us that, well, things do purge, you know, leaves do fall, plants do die, they do compost. So it's a part of nature. One animal eats the other animal, but still war has a lot of, um, um, difficulty. And so the virgins, it was an act of celestial uh, healing to, to have intimacy. And so in some ways they're, they're very united. This is like almost back to the very beginning, way prehistoric times and stuff. And I'm thinking one, yeah, one comment to make as this is like, cause we do think of like, what can we do for our healing? But that, that meditation that you're speaking of brings you to the present, you know, instead of the future and the past, meaning it makes us available to find out what can we do? What's authentic to us, which there then goes back to that Aquarius stuff, because we do need to network. I mean, there's all kinds of stories. Do you know that 26,000 people around the globe have gone to volunteer for this war? I'm not saying we should do that, but I'm saying that it is. Res- there's a lot of response. I have a, a cousin in Norway, and he's helping accrue all kinds of um, clothing and bedding and everything, and they're driving it down to Poland. You know, so it, it's just myriad ways that people are trying to step up. And and there's a woman that in another class who has a grandchild over there. And was so heart stricken. And, and of course, me, I came up with my, like, turn the light on idea, which, you know, does bypass, not to bypass the grief, because there is grief, but somehow to help lift up into a bed of of hope. And that was, um, besides the prayer, which we could get into, which is sharing the light, was doing something here, an action, like read to kids. Yes, Julie. Yeah, um I was having this conversation with a a friend in Holland because she's very aware of 
everything that's going on in Europe is so so powerful right now. And we were talking about fear and trying to think about, you know, okay, so if fear exists in a, in a continuum, there's an opposite. And what we came up with was bravery. And it seems kind of interesting and very Marsy Aries type of energy to go from that Pluto, Cap, Fear, Saturn, all that stuff to Mars and Aries and let's be brave, let's be dynamic, let's move forward. What can we do? How can we surmount our fear to be in action and be effective? And I just thought that was a, a very powerful conversation, a very powerful concept. Mars is making contacts with three asteroid goddesses, conjunct Vesta, it looks like, and I think that sextile palace and then trine uh, Ceres, which I think is really interesting. So you have this goddess energy saying, hey, Mars, uh, get a grip here, or how we can use the, the, the fighting energy that we have in a softer way, maybe. Or causes. Uh like right. yeah, we, exactly. we don't have to go against we it, it's always defending mars act that action we need to defend or, or protect our causes that's what we're you know mm -hmm. wanting to protect do in some our way values yes that yes. i mean we we value our humanitarian approach to living as a community we don't value destroying populations right. and their infrastructure no right and in fact i remembered the ambassador to the ukraine a lovely woman who speaks so beautifully and i happened to catch uh one uh of her conversations early on with an interview just in the last week and she came up with a question that to me was very like eris e-r-i-s that i do not have on this and we might say to people what numbers we're talking about because we're looking at this sign but Eris is at 24 Aries so she's down there in this chart for the United States at the east coast in our house of communications oh there she is yeah 24 with a little arrow going down and uh, we're just about to break but but the point was is that she said that which tags into what you, you're saying here about the humanitarian like it's a question of of the of the world looking at whether or not there's the right to be just independent and free without an aggressor unprovoked i mean that the, the nation unprovoked wants to take over so do we have that as a value that was like oh my gosh she's throwing out the golden apple that that's a mythology with eris we'll get back to this thank you this is Kaleidoscope Visions, and it is March 13, and I'm speaking with Julie Anglin of Marin County, Amanda Pierce and of Seattle, and John Chinworth of Seattle. See you in a moment. Thanks. While we take a break from this week's edition of Talk Cosmos, let's take a look at this cycle's archetype. We are currently in the yin period of Pisces, ruled modernly by Neptune and by Jupiter in traditional astrology of the ancients. By leaving a cycle based on the equality of all humans and brilliancy, Pisces concludes the 12 signs that energetically encompass the entirety of the universe where humans have no control. As a mutable water sign represented by two fish swimming in opposite directions of the forces of life, 
We experience in Pisces the collective unconscious energy of the unknown. Intuitive, psychic Pisces completes the seed cycle initiated with Aries' willful separation from the Piscean womb. Celebrate World Astrology Day with a first-class program, Moving Together Globally with Heart. On the March 20 Spring Equinox, Talk Cosmos teams with East-West Global Astrologers for a heart-based look at 2022, complete with a lively Zoom show, celebrity recordings, and special bonuses. Topics include purpose, career, relationships, finance, health, and wellness. As the world maneuvers from COVID hibernation into birth spiritual awakenings, and you will discover how the planets illuminate our way forward as we care for each other and rejuvenate ourselves. Celebrating with you in style on World Astrology Day is a Talk Cosmos fascinating eight astrologer panel, and when they're finished, experience East West Center's first class Zoom program. To register, go online at eastwestbookshop.com for the Sunday, March 20 program, Moving Together Globally with Heart, from 1 o'clock to 6 o'clock p.m. Pacific Daylight Time. The entire event costs $25. Find out how the world is shifting and survive and thrive for spring 2022. Talk Cosmos brings you leading-edge astrological conversations with hour-long programs each week on KKNW. The show goes live every Sunday from 1 to 2 p.m. Pacific. Talk Cosmos weekly programs are also available to watch live on Facebook and YouTube, along with daily chats throughout the week on the Talk Cosmos YouTube channel. While you're there, make sure you click like and subscribe buttons so you can get the full Talk Cosmos experience. Or, if you'd rather listen to the show archives with audio only, the entire podcast collection since 2018 is available on most podcast carriers. So, grab your coffee, tea, or kombucha, and enjoy the show. Hi, it's Dr. Laura Tad here to let you know I have an upcoming online course in personal mythology. In this course, you will explore the stories that you carry and how they impact your life. Some of these stories you have unconsciously inherited from your ancestors. Others are more culturally tied. As you unpack these stories, you will come to see which ones support you and your highest potential and which ones you've outgrown and could use a rewrite. Class starts in April. Space is limited. For more information and to register, please go to my website, mythicsky.com. I hope to see you there. Alternative Talk, 1150 on AM, 98.9 HD3 on HD, 1150kknw.com on the web. Hi again, this is Kaleidoscope Visions, our first start just before, just like Pisces, just before that Aries begins next week with our big event. And thank you again, this is March 13th. You know, we were just bringing up that chart and with it, I had time to consider because really what we're talking about, which is um, things are hanging on or will be hanging on because of emotions, right? And and how we can navigate out. And that sense of bravery. I listened to David Pond. Uh, John, your papers. <laughs> John's mine. It's mine. <laughs> That's all. Oh, it's yours. Sorry. Oh, okay. Sorry. Sorry. It's not John. No. Okay. The rest. Yeah. So David Pond, which is part of Washington Astrological Association, great astrologer, 
and he was bringing up the idea of courage, like power and force have, by David Hawkins, I think. Have any of you read that book that, that grades out the emotions and that anything below bravery is like, eh, it's like it, 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 it drains us. The fear, the anxiety, all that stuff. Anything above courage is like feeds us. And so you bringing that up, that your conversation back in Holland that brought courage, you know, courage isn't always just a, it's a tricky business because sometimes we, it takes such courage that we just speak what might seem aggressive to somebody else. And that gets back to that. Who are we? How, how to just be friends with your own self? Like Amanda, you were, you know, all this inner work and just adjusting and realizing what are we defending and talking but it's a process that is very important. It also speaks to Eris, though. Eris was very brave at calling out a game and a set of values that were beneath our higher humanity. I mean, and that's brave. Yes. There were repercussions. And mm -hmm. she just went ahead and did it. And I think the Eris energy right now kind of calls us all out to, to speak up. Yeah. It is. It is. Like, for instance, I think in our little chat, we talked about new ways that we can at least support, like alternative fuel. And in fact, just this week, I was thinking, well, what can I unplug? It just drives me nuts. It just because it's plugged in, it's taking energy, you know. So that's a minor thing. But it, it all builds. It is sort of this fabric of energy. It is. We're talking about that last quarter even though in this chart it's not in the last quarter, but we're connected. Yeah. <clears throat> so how do we handle these difficult energies is really partly not all our problem, is it? I mean, it is, but if it's our, it's how we connect with the higher self in some kind of meditative form. Um, could be fishing, I guess, for some people. Well, there's that whole theory of the rock and the pond. You know, if if you vibrate at a higher vibration, that reverberates. That reverberates through all the people in your life and eventually the whole planet. And when you do try to have that awareness of being at a highest vibration that you can be it has a ripple effect through the whole through everything should we look John actually on this you? chart uh so a full moon chart i was looking at the mm -hmm. sabian symbols i don't know if they've been brought up on these shows before but there's like a picture for every degree of the zodiac and uh so planets land on those and those pictures become a part of what they mean. And these are really interesting for this full moon. So the moon uh, would be on the degree that says a strong man, a strong man's persona dominates a gathering. That's the moon. And the sun is on a degree that says a fertile garden under a full moon reveals a variety, a variety of vegetables. So standing in your confidence uh, so you can manifest what needs to be manifested. I think that's really powerful. Those are really interesting pictures for this full moon. 
Thank you, John. And I will say that instead of moonbeam team, we're having archetypal symbols, but we're going to start with a new moon. So we won't be covering this one. And excuse me. And it will involve a lot of Sabians and it's always accepted. So if somebody, I might go to the next slide. I just have one last thing to say. I really like Mm -hmm. this. It's a very empowering chart because we've got Pluto trining the moon as well. And so it's like being in that state of doing what you can to help, help yourself, help others. That's the moon in Virgo. Um, and just doing it, it, there's a lot of energy available to just be as empowered as possible with that, that, that taking those actions will be very empowering for yourself and for the world. Oh, hope again. Thank you, Amanda. Here, this I brought up. It's because it is sort of an overview of where is this energy flooding to? And again, Mars is really the distinctive energy here. Talk, I guess we need our courage because now Mars is going to conjunct the regulator, the rule maker, Saturn. Uh, and, and, and it already did uh, last year at zero degrees. But now it's going to be 22 degrees down here. So that's going to be next month in about three weeks, I guess, just after that full moon. So, yeah. And Mar- Mars is going to meet another asteroid goddess. There's Juno, <laughs> right? Partnerships, yes, alliances. <laughs> so interesting. Those asteroids, the female, I know Ann Ortley, do any of you listen to Ann Ortley? She's from New York, mm-hmm. yes. Yeah. And uh, now on Amanda Poo Walsh's astro um, hub, as, you know, that is also out of Hawaii on Maui, though, totally different setup and very wonderful with a lot of engaging. And she says that without the asteroids, I mean, that gives us the the feminine or the, the receptive energies that we mm-hmm. all share. So important. So I guess Mars likes it too. It's like, let's get it. Yeah. So Juno and Venus have mm-hmm. been, uh, they've all been in there with the Saturn and Mars. And so there's, there's like a, with Saturn mm-hmm. and Juno, it's like there's mm-hmm. coming to a maturity and with your, with what contracts you've agreed to in this life or Ooh. cutting contracts from, from past lives or this life's ones that aren't serving you because Aquarius can be a break free <clears throat> from things. And, and again, uh, Mars, like having that courage to, to either break free or, or break free or to go forward and, and step into more authority within, um, these agreed upon contracts or relationships with Venus there as well. So there's lots of, lots of potential for, um, for shifts. Maybe like renegotiating contracts or discussing what needs to change going forward. Yeah. 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 And on a, this is beautiful. Look at that. It, it, that energy, that uh, what can is redefining. I was going to say restrictive, but, without the judgment, because we need some kind of boundary, especially with all this. This is another month. So we're going through this big tidal wave of rounding off, looking at what we're at, grounding and empathy and all that to get some action here more. And there, because Saturn, the, 
the, the one of authorities, as you're mentioning, is what we call squaring or at the bends. In other words, it's between the nodal access of past of our contracts that have been intimately exchanged, and it could be on any scale, on national or personal, and with that's Scorpio there in the first house on this chart for the United States. And then the other, what's self-reliant, what resources, what values? Yes, this is, that's pivotal. Thank you. Yeah. And like with, quite- well, with Mars and Saturn, it's like, there's, there can all, often be a lot of frustration because Mars just really wants to move forward and take action. And Saturn's like, no, no, where we're going to restrict you completely, or we need to delay for a reason. And so there, there's an opportunity here to really just gain more maturity in how we do take action and kind of take like a step back in how we look at it. Use that Aquarian energy of kind of detaching from it so that we're playing like the long game so that we, we keep our energy up. We're not blowing it all out with frustration and um, allowing ourselves to kind of strengthen our, our energies and our momentum so that it's coming from a, a little bit of a more mature place. I like what you just said, because it really speaks to Saturn's positive energy of incorporating structure and plans and so forth into Mars's action. I mean, it is in a mental science right now. So Saturn can be very, very constructive in giving a a foundation to action that's needed versus Mars just running out and doing what Marsy people do or Marsy organizations do. (laughs) Yeah. Well, boundaries, it does return to the fact of boundaries and that whole interload. I mean, even the ocean, we go back to our tides. Where is the ocean coming upon? It's coming up occasionally up to land. I sit here just looking at the ocean every day, rolling in and rolling in and rolling in. And I realize sometimes, you know, if we weren't sitting here on the big island, it'd be rolling right past us, but eventually hitting maybe Alaska or somebody. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it's it's also important to note that uh, on April 1st, the sun is conjunct Chiron as well in Aries. So all of that is ruled by Mars. So there's a lot of healing potential with this and how we use that, that Martian Aries energy and can we do it in a way that is for, for our be- best self and not in a way that's destructive towards others. When I think of Chiron with sun, I think of uh, uh, the wounded will or uh, the wanting to go for something, but something holds you back. And this might be a time to process through that with a very, some Mars taking charge of it with Saturn with that, like you said, build the structure first and uh, had astrologer. I think it was Stephen Forrest talked about uh, Saturn, Mars together, foot on the gas, foot on the brake. That's very frustrating. But when those energies come together really well, it's not like you're going to move like a race car. You'll move like a steamroller once it gets going and like nothing can stop you, but it's getting them synced together. And it's, and it's starting like a new cycle for them. So mm-hmm. it's creating that that solid foundation so that you have that steady energy to keep on the track that you want to go on. Actually, Mars and Saturn, remember, we're, this is like midstream. Mars and Saturn back in March 31st, I believe, last year, were at zero degrees Aquarius. So we're kind mm-hmm. of, mid, you know, just like mm-hmm. Venus and mm-hmm. 
Mars were at 22 or something degrees back in February before they conjunct in Aquarius. So there's a little bit of a, a cycle here. But what I love is the positive for the gift of structuring because it it does provide a structure and limits and a pathway, a system, how, you know, negotiating through some government's ways or however it would be, or on a personal way to, to make those changes. Because it seems to me, if this is like, and we're aiming, right? I mean, this is like action that's a month ahead as we're going through this uncertainty where it's, it's chaotic in Pisces. There isn't really a linear path. But if we have goals, which it goes back to this Plutonian energy and Capricorn that's morphing the structures we've had, this is a beautiful goal to take some action because like what you're both, all of you are saying with the sun, our egoistic, I mean, in Aries, we're going to act somehow, take those actions and using the bravery to use what's wounded like if we are hurting about people that are at war, we can do something to help, whether it's a financial, whether it's a prayer, whether it's reading to children here to help just children everywhere or whatever it could be. I, I like that. I like how you're you're kind of making me think about Chiron and the sun really asking us the question of who are you? What mm-hmm. is your identity? Where, where do you really come from? And then how do you fit in this? Uh, think of Aquarius as the future society, Aquarius always being the future. What society are we trying to build? Who do you want to be in that new society? Because clearly it needs, it wants to change and shift into something. Um, I don't know. It's always trying to improve, I think. Yeah. And so. what new alliances with Juno there in between sure. the two, everything. I'm getting goosebumps. I love this. this it it like feels hope. so p- it feels so pivotal because of the T-square function with the nodes. It's as though there might be some decisions and structures that are going to be put in place that will address some of the real real issues that we're going to be facing in terms of what we have, what we need, and where we've come from and where some of our financial structures need to change. Mm-hmm. I can go to the next slide. Amanda, everybody, you're okay? I should do that or another Okay, yeah, well, yeah, I just wanted to note that, yeah, we've got Venus, Juno, Saturn, and Mars all squaring the nodes. Venus starting March 29th and then going through to April 5th when Mars squares the oh. nodes. So it's like this is really big for us individually for shifting forward into our path and also collectively. I mean, we're, yeah, it's it's just all. What are those dates again? Because that's beautiful, Amanda. In other words, it's incremental and it's that wave again in a different way, the tides. Yeah. March 29th is Venus square the nodes. And April 1st is Juno square the nodes. April 2nd is Saturn square the nodes. Okay. March 29th is Venus. Yep. And April 1st is what? Juno. Oh, Juno. Okay. And then next. April 2nd is Saturn and April 5th is Mars. And then again, April 10th, Saturn will square the nodes again. And that is the same date of the Jupiter-Neptune conjunction. Here we are. (laughs) Beautiful segue. We're ready to go. We have a few minutes. 
Yeah. So all this wave factor that we're doing now that connects us back to, you could say, 2020, you know, in different ways. It's like, what happened then? What have we, what have we done? Where are we going? How am I rounding off? How am I shifting my alliances and my purposes? Um, is going to really connect again with more Piscean energy. So that social energy is part of our path. And this doesn't happen except for a 166 years cycle in Pisces. When these two, in their own signs, I'm a modern person, but I do realize that in before Uranus in 1784 or something was discovered. I may have that year wrong, um, but it was in the late 1700s. Until Uranus was discovered by William Herschel, Saturn was it. If you could see it, it played the rules. And so therefore you had to, they gave Jupiter of the sky also this earth, this boundless nature energy with that's out of our control. But once Neptune came in and actually Neptune was later in the 1800s, um, that late 1800s, I believe it then Neptune got it. So here you have the two, the old and the new, just like we did last year with Saturn and Uranus getting together in the new sign. Now we have the old and the new in this, in Pisces. So this is like a new blueprint for 166 years. We're in a big title change. When you think of Jupiter and Neptune coming together, they're brothers and, uh, and there is Pluto as well. Mm. And they divided up the known universe and Jupiter got the land, anything on land. Neptune got the sea and the underworld, of course, went to Pluto. So the surface of the world is ruled by Jupiter and Neptune. When they come together, this is literally saying the whole planet, right? Our lands, all seas. Oh, that's excellent. You know, right? <laughs> Yeah. And I think of like uh, big dreams, um, great mystical experience, a great escape, spiritual faith, inspired belief. So it's just this, it's really nice energy when these two come together. And it's, an it's definitely an opportunity. <laughs> yeah. And there, and there's a big opportunity to kind of create your own realities here and really to sure. focus in on the energies that you want more of in your life. And so it, less um less negativity because the more negativity you focus on the more it's going to come in this is like there's immense manifestation potential with this and so really like co-creating with the universe in a way where you are directing your thoughts and feelings towards the things that you want so that you can get more of that and and for the world as well I like always keeping in mind, keeping in mind what's good for society as well, because when we finally get that key going where we're building this together, growing together, it will be amazing. I like yeah. what John was saying on the mythological basis where there's this unification of the underworld, the earth and the, the sky. It's, it's absolutely that's a unification that we kind of need to wrap our heads about to take care of our planet and ourselves. It is a real statement because I'm going back with that idea of co-creating again and again. It's being told to us through different uh, that I'm listening to is feeling. So if one wants to send a prayer or have a prayer, it's like meditating to the present, your present and feeling as though it exists. And that really 
is the energy of creating that that whole possible the new possibilities the potential because that's really as you say this whole energy and look at the moon it is really the moon and it's still in virgo here it's it, like we're coming up into a, a full moon in virgo here's that very beginning down there in the third house that with the planetary patterns it's called a bucket right? We're holding a bucket. We got all that energy sitting over there and we're handing it by our emotional stories, our habits and refining it. Yes. I, I think refinement is a great word for that because we're always kind of to move forward. We really need to just keep refining how we're doing things. It's nothing is ever going to stay the same. And that's, I think a, um, a lesson for us while we've got the North node in Taurus, South node in, in Scorpio, that fixed energy, we just want it to stay the same, but it's not. So just I'm, being open to that shifting, the shifting tides and just the discernment that comes with it. Thank you. And I'm going to flip back. We only have a couple of minutes, but just to kind of register and then I'm going to go back to today. But here, that 22 degrees that will be on the 12th in a month goes in Pisces, that energy of we're is out of control of our natural forces without limits of the unity of that we're all connected is in tandem. We I don't know if tandems it's sextile, it's connected to this energy that started another huge cycle that was like for 38 years, not as big as 166, but still we're in the very start of, and that's where and which our transformation is still recognizing where these two titans, the and they were tight, well, they weren't both titan gods, but Pluto, the brother that's now connecting with Neptune and 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 uh, Jupiter, as as you mentioned, was with Saturn. And and so it was like changing our structures. And that was a long time ago. This was before COVID. So if we can go back thinking we're gonna be connecting in this new cycle, some the good, the bad, the ugly, hopefully into hope and nurturing ourselves and our wounds into other people's uh, gifts, right? Using the Chiron. Yeah, and one note just about the 22 degrees Capricorn, that's a world point. And so anything that happens at 22 Capricorn is going to be affecting the world. And we saw that with COVID, with the, with the Saturn-Pluto conjunction. And we're still working through that. And so anything that hits that 22 Capricorn, so the 22 Pisces, is still going to be felt kind of on the world level as we're working through all of this. Beautiful. Now we have a few moments. But remember, folks, next week is going to be our big push-off for the fifth season. It's World Astrology Day on the Equinox. That happens in Seattle about 8.30 in the morning, happens in the East Coast at 11.30 in the morning, and over in London, it's going to be about in the evening. So in other words, depending where you are in the world, it's different places. But we'll have East-West Books shop with us for a panel and you can register just go uh, go to talkcosmos.com and look for that event or go to talk cosmos go to east west bookshop in you know seattle on their website for march 20th and you can really connect and celebrate with us all because this is kaleidoscope 
visions and thank you so much. Thank you for joining us on Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and her panel of guests connect soul growth patterns with the energetic cycles of astrology. Be sure to tune in next Sunday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time to continue your journey through the roots of the cosmic pathway. 